Thanks for joining us here at Faith Assembly for our weekly podcast. We're so excited you're tuning in this week. To learn more about our church, you can visit us online at myfaithassembly.org. Join us live or connect with us on Facebook. Good morning. How y'all doing? Thanks for joining us on Sunday after Thanksgiving. Did you have a wonderful Thanksgiving? Man, it was such a great, great Thanksgiving. I don't know about you, but we had a great Thanksgiving. Uh, had uh, two-thirds of the family home. And, uh, and these days, that's a win, you know. So it's like if uh, you, you get uh, uh, a couple of them there. Um, but it was great. Here's what we, one of the things we're thankful for. We have so much to be thankful for. But here at Faith Assembly, we are grateful for the uh, obedience and generosity of this house. Uh, as you know, last Sunday we celebrated Taste of Missions as we get to, to see what we get to be a part of around the world. And we took up our 110% offering. We call it 110% because we asked the question, what if 100% of us gave 10 or return 10%, the tithe that belongs to God. One of the things we say here at Faith Assembly is that generosity is not, is not when you return the 10%. That's obedience. Generosity is when we give above what we're already supposed to give. Uh, it would be like me saying, I want to tell you all how much of a servant I am today because I cleaned my car and my house this week, and so I'm such a servant because I cleaned my house and took care of my car. How many know you would say, that's a characteristic of a servant, but really... That's your responsibility, and out of responsibility, we do what is, is the right thing, the responsible thing to do. It's the same thing with returning the tithe. So we ask the question, what would it look like if we walked in obedience? What's the significance of that? Because we believe that where there's obedience, God honors and pours out. What we, what, what we know the Lord spoke to us is that when we fill to the brim with obedience, he pours out with abundance. When we fill to the brim of obedience, the, the, uh, uh, Jesus turned water into wine. He told the servants, go fill up the jar. He didn't tell them how full. He said, fill up the the jar, but then the, the scripture makes it clear to say that they filled it to the brim. And so when they filled it to the brim, there was this anticipation and expectation. They brought to the brim with obedience, and Jesus poured out with abundance. He did the miraculous, He did what we could not do. And when we honor God in the obedience, He does what only he can do. And so we asked the question, what would it look like if we honored God with obedience and generosity? And so for some of us, maybe this is new, giving in our tithe, returning the tithe, returning 10% to God. Some of us might be flowing in generosity where we give above that. And uh, uh, we just asked the question, what would it look like? Well, we are excited to report that this Sunday, we saw, or over the last, uh, the, the last week, we saw a 99% increase in our weekly giving. Come on, how many know that is significant? 99% increase. So that means, so what if we would continue that? Because now here's the faithfulness, that we are faithful people to walk after God. Now how many realize that if we're going to be faithful, there's obedience in our heart, that we have to walk in obedience, but faithfulness is not because you did it one time. Faithfulness is because it becomes a pattern in a healthy way. Now, there can be bad patterns, and there can be healthy patterns. And this becomes one of those patterns of, I, I want to hear the voice of God. For Jody and I over this, this week, as we were moving this direction, we, we, today, we did it last week, and we're going to give it this week, and we're going to continue just being a part of what God, uh, of the kingdom of God, and what is that because of that offering having a 99% increase, and also a generosity given to missions, in one week alone, last week, we gave $7,360 to missions. One week. Not in a special offering, just in obedience and honoring God with what belongs to him and with what we have. I, I, would, I would just say to us, as we continue that, I believe that without a doubt, 
it is not even for us to even understand what God is able to do in the people who have a heart of obedience and generosity to just stand upon God's word, to trust God, to take God at his word, and to live our life surrendered. You can have it all. Now, if you're in the room, you're like, oh, it's one of those churches. I'm supposed to empty my bank account. No, it's not. It's one of those churches that believes we empty our heart of worship. And we don't leave any on the table. God still wants you to keep the, the percentage he's made available for you. He, he did only ask for 10. You get to keep 90. I mean, how many know he makes a good deal? And he says, I'll bless the 10 in such a way that it will honor. I'll honor the 10 and it'll bless the 90. I'm telling you, only God has a way of doing what God does. And so I want to just encourage us to remain faithful in that. Our goal is to give a quarter of a million dollars uh, to missions this coming year. Um, we were, by the grace of God, able to build an orphanage in, in Eswatini. Uh, we want to continue to just see what God is able to do through us as we work here locally and uh, around the world. So before we get into the word, I want to just pray for continued faithfulness. And so I don't know how you give here at Faith Assembly. We have different ways of giving. You can give in an envelope that is in front of you, and you can drop off at the, the offering stands at each exit as you go, or you can give online. And uh, I, I sincerely mean this. It is not about the money. Uh, I've never lost sleep in 12 years of pastoring this church. I've never lost sleep over the money. Never lost sleep over how we're going to pay for what we're going to. No, the Lord knows how to take care of everything. He, and the Lord has provided every time we honor in obedience, every time we give in other ministries and pour out, God knows how to take care of his business. And um, so I just want to encourage us that uh, uh, we would allow our hearts to be in honor and oneness with God. Uh, how about we have a 90, well, even 100%, let's just make it 100%, 100% increase that we would double in our ability to resource and to be a part of what God is doing here and around the world. Why not? That we could rival the welfare system and uh, really be at a place, and that doesn't mean to become the welfare system. It means to, 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 to rival and to come to a place that people know the hope and the provision and the goodness of God, that they can watch him produce and create, because God created us to be creative, creative beings. He's given us the ability to create and to do and to work and to, and to be a part of what God has in store and what God is doing. I believe our best days are still ahead of us. Anybody believe that today? I believe the best days are still ahead. Come on, would you stand with me? We're going to get into the word. And I want to just pray over our offering. And, uh, we, you know, just being intentional because we're acknowledging and giving thanks. And so let's just do that. God, thank you for the 99% increase. God, we just acknowledge that it is you, Lord. We give you thanks that, Lord, we get to together be a part of what you're doing. Yes, each of us returned and gave, but, God, we did so in obedience and faith unto you. And so, God, you blessed it. We thank you for your blessing. I pray, God, for continued faithfulness, that, Lord, our offerings would be at a place that we would honor you. I pray for stewardship, that we would be good stewards with all that you've given us in this house, in our homes, that we would honor and give you praise. We put you first. God, we put you first. You are the first. You're the first of everything in our lives. Everything we have is because of you. We seek you first. So God, even with our finances, even with the way that we make decisions, we seek you first. And God, we thank you for your faithfulness that you said you'll add everything else to us today. So God, we honor and give you praise in Jesus' name. Lord, bless this offering. And I pray, God, that it would continue. And Lord, do beyond what we could even imagine here at Faith Assembly. To the glory of Jesus' name and every cheerful giver said amen. amen. 
Amen. Grab your Bibles, your device, or follow along on the screen. We're kicking off a series called Echo Holy. It is Christmas. Anybody excited for Christmas? Angels are all around Christmas. Uh, We'll uh, get into that before uh, we do. Let me read from Revelation chapter 4. I'm going to leave the Bible on the table because I brought the big Bible. I had a moment, and um, I don't know, some of you can relate to this. I said to some of our team this morning, I either take the big Bible or I take the little Bible with glasses, and I'm not ready to be that vulnerable in front of everybody yet. So I got the big Bible. Some of you know what I'm talking about, right? It's, it, is, it is a real thing, and uh, bless the Lord. So I got the big letters this morning, so I'm not going to hold this thing. Uh, Revelation chapter 4, you ready for the word? Here's uh, John is uh, writing as the Lord instructs him. In chapter 4, it says, Then I, John, as I looked, I saw a door standing open in heaven, and the same voice I had heard before spoke to me like a trumpet blast. The voice said, Come up here, and I will show you what must happen after this. And instantly I was in the Spirit, and I saw a throne in heaven and someone sitting on the throne. The one sitting on the throne was as brilliant as gemstones, like jasper and carnelian. And the glow of the emerald circled the throne like a rainbow. Twenty-four thrones surrounded him, and twenty-four elders sat on them. They were all clothed in white and had gold crowns on their heads. From the throne came flashes of lightning and the rumble of thunder. And in front of the throne were seven torches with burning flames. This is the sevenfold spirit of God. In front of the throne was a shiny sea of glass sparkling like crystal. Here he's giving the description. God has, Jesus has taken him to the throne. It's in the spirit. We don't know if in the physical flesh he had gone or in the spirit, but I believe that in the spirit, God gave gave him an understanding and a picture of what the throne room looks like. This that, that surrounds it. In the center and around the throne were four living beings, each covered with eyes front and back. I like your mama. Got eyes on the back of her head. Each are covered with eyes front and back. It, it's, uh, yeah, it's big letters and I still can't find it. All right, here we go. <laughs> Covered with eyes in the front and back. Verse 7, the first of these living beings was like a lion. The second was like an ox. The third had a human face. And the fourth was like an eagle in flight. Each of these living beings had six wings. And their wings were covered all over with eyes inside and out. These are some freaky looking creatures. You know, these are, these are angels of the Lord, ministering angels that are in the presence of God. Your Christmas card didn't have that kind on it. I mean, when, did your Christmas card have the angels with eyes in the back and on their wings and, and just six wings? I think I've only seen the two on the cards, but uh, six wings, eyes all over the place. And here's what it is. Listen, it says, um, day after day and night after night, they kept on saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord, the Almighty, the one who was, who is, and who is to come. Whenever the living beings give glory and honor and thanks to the one sitting on the throne, the one who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders who surround the throne fall down and worship the one sitting on the throne, the one who lives forever and ever, and they lay their crowns before the throne, and they say, you are worthy, O Lord, our God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and they existed because of you. You created what pleased you. You were worthy of it all. You were worthy of it all. For from you are all things, and to you are all things. 
You deserve the glory. Come on, just one more time. You're worthy of it all. You're worthy of it all. For from you are all things, and to you are all things. You deserve the glory. I, I just one more time, because you're worthy of it all. And you're worthy of it all. For from you are all things, and to you are all things. You deserve the glory. Come on, if you know he deserves the glory in this place, come on, give him praise and honor. Lord, you are worthy. You're worthy, you're worthy, you're worthy. You are worthy. The angels sing holy, holy, holy. And the 24 elders say, you are worthy of it all. I want to talk today about joining with the angels. As you're being seated today, tell your neighbor you look like an angel. Notice they said you look like. That means you're not one. You, look, you, you might look like one, but you are not one. Christmas is, uh, it is, it is coming upon us. And uh, uh, Christmas is marked by angels. And uh, just in this, this season, as we move into, um, into the Christmas season, I just felt led to do a, a series on the angels that are in the throne room of God uh, and really just, it might be a little different than uh, maybe some other Christmas series, but just recognizing the wonder, the splendor. We, we know about angels. It's so marked in Christmas. Uh, it was the angel Gabriel who brought the message to, to Mary and made the announcement that she was pregnant. And she said, how can this be? I'm a virgin. Uh, how would this even happen? He said, the spirit of the Lord will rest on you, that the spirit of God will rest upon you and you will conceive. You will do in the spirit what you cannot do in the natural. How many know the spirit of God is still resting on his people, on his church to make available, make possible, to do what only he can do? He, she said, how can this happen? The angel gives her the word. She receives the word. Joseph finds out that Mary is pregnant. How many know Joseph has a problem with Mary being pregnant and it's not his child? They're engaged to be married. Joseph makes a decision. I'm going to divorce her. We'll do it quietly. He, he makes the decision. The angel, the same angel comes now to Joseph and says, hey, this work that is happening in Mary is of the Lord. So you can move forward. You can trust Mary. You can move forward. This. So the angel of the Lord comes and ministers. He's a part of the Christmas story. On the day that the newborn king is born, the Messiah comes on the earth, on the fields of Bethlehem. There are angels that a host of angels begin to sing glory to God in the high peace on earth and goodwill towards all, all men, that there is the announcement, the angels. The angels play a part in this whole thing, and we recognize it this time of year. Some of us have decorations of angels, maybe the lights on the front yard. They, they might have that, that robe that flows in the back, and then they've got a trumpet. It's pointing upward, and for whatever reason, there's this usually this hoop, I guess a handle that falls under. Anybody know what I'm talking about? We've got them on, 
Christmas trees. You might even have an angel at the top of your tree. They're, they're marked and they show up in this Christmas season. Why? Because they are introducing and bringing about the work that God wants to do. And I want us to see today the work in this season that God is not done coming to his church. He's not going to come the same way. I realize he already came in the flesh, born of a virgin. He died and he rose again. But how many know he is coming again one day? And until that day, he's still ministering and coming to his church. He's still speaking to his church. He's working and angels are still if we could see in the spirit, all created by God, they are created place of worship. Do you know that we are in the image of God, but angels don't have the image of God? Angels are created for the purpose of serving God and for worshiping before the throne and doing what, what angels do. Angels will always do what they do, but guess what God has given us the ability to do? God has made us higher than the angels. Why? Because the angels can't sing the songs we sing. You know why the angels can't sing the songs we sing? Because the angels can't sing songs in their pain. God has entrusted us with grief, with life, with difficulty. We can sing the song that angels cannot sing. Angels can sing holy, holy, holy is the Lord. So can we. But guess what we can also sing? You are worthy of it all. Even in my moment of dis disappointment, my moment of despair, my moment of heartache, my own moment of hurt. God has created you and I to rule with the angels. We will rule or to rule with him over the angels. You and I are created in the image of God. The angels are in the presence of God. But one day we will sit on the throne with not on his throne, but around the throne in the a place of ruling and a place of authority. Why? Because he entrusted us. He entrusted us with life circumstances. God trusts you. Do you realize this? God trusts you with your pain. God, you did this to me. No, God says, I trust you with it. God, you caused this heartache. No, I trusted you with this heartache. God, you caused this disappointment. No, I trusted you. Why? Because I created you in my image to do what angels cannot do. I trusted you and gave you the ability to sing a song that even the angels cannot sing. The angels have no idea how to sing of what it is to be resurrected. The angels have no idea to stand over a grave and believe in hope that one day the grave will open and the dead will rise. The angels have no idea to stand over brokenness and believe it'll be restored because all the angels know is perfection. Guess what we know? We know the one who is perfect in the midst of our imperfection and therefore we sing a song that the angels cannot sing. Worthy is the lamb. Worthy to receive glory. Why do we say worthy is the lamb? Because he was slain. He was given up for you and I. Worthy is the lamb. The angels sing holy. We will sing holy but they can't sing the song we sing. And the song we sing is worthy. You're worthy of it all. You see, worth only comes whenever you've been in the, in the place of having something weighed in the balance. It's worth. And here's what my worth is. God, I'm saying you're worthy of it all because I've been in my great place and you're still worth more. I've been in my dark place and you're still worth more. I've been in every place I've been and you're still worthy. Of, you're still greater than every. In my highest day, you're still greater. In my lowest day, you're still great. You're worthy of, is there anybody today who knows he is worthy of it all that will sing a song the angels cannot sing? That in our deepest moments, he's worthy. He's worthy. And when you say he's worthy, it's adding, it's recognizing value. God, I've seen and I've tasted. I've had the other things around. All the angels have known is the glory of God. That's all they've known. How many know it's kind of one of those things just when you're created to worship, it just draws it. It's just what you do. The angels worship. But you and I, 
We do more than just worship. It is worship, but we worship with a depth of value and the depth of decision. Do you know your worship is a decision? Your worship and your trust is a decision. And every moment we're, we're saying and acknowledging that he is worthy of all that we have, that we sing a song that the angels cannot sing. But what the role of angels. Now, I want to look at this, and, and here's the title today, because we all, we all know that if you take notes, the Lord will bless you even more. Um, it's worked for me. I mean, I take notes, and uh, um, I try to write down everything Pastor Tim says, but I cannot keep up. I'm working on it. I'm going to get Joining with the angels, here's the title. I want, I want to talk from this today, that we get to join with the angels. Um, uh, you know, obviously, in saying that, let me just acknowledge you. How many are so thankful for Pastor Tim and Pastor and Katie? I would say Pastor Katie, but she wouldn't take it. We... All right, here we go. John is exiled. He is on the island of Patmos. Um, John is writing this revelation that is given to him by Jesus uh, also, I think it's good to be reminded sometimes we, we forget the context that some scripture's written in. Do you know that John wrote this while he was on the island of Patmos sentenced to death? Rocky soil. And uh, I love the picture that he's on, he's, on, he's on a coastline that is an island and it's just rock. There's nothing grows there. Why is that significant? Because there was one who was placed in a rock and he rolled the stone away and he came. That there's one who knows how to bring things out of a rock. That he brought water out of Moses. He, 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 he was able to bring water out of the rock. He brought life out behind the stone. There's a God, whatever your situation, whatever your soil, there's a God who can work in the hardest soil that you've got. John is on the island of Patmos. He gets a vision from the Lord and the, the Lord tells him to write these things down. Uh, the first part is a letter to the, church, the seven churches. After the letter to the seven churches, he then takes him, uh, gives him an invitation. The, the Lord comes to him and says, come up here, uh, come up to a place that is higher. I, I want to look at the throne room. What, what does this have to do with angels? What does it have to do with Christmas? Um, I want to make the connection to this, that Christmas, never forget, Christmas is all about a rescue mission. Christmas was all about a rescue mission when Jesus was sent from heaven in the form of flesh, like us, a child, to take on sin and to overcome, to be tempted in every way that we are. But he did not fail. He did not give in to sin. In fact, he carried the weight of our sin to the cross. He carried it to the cross, crucified it to the, to the cross, and rose again. It was a rescue mission. Christmas came not so that we could have peace on earth. You say, well, it says peace on earth. Well, you can pray all you want for peace peace across whatever seas and whatever land. He did not say peace on earth because in fact it is going to be, he said he came to divide even families and that there's a separation, there's a sword. So he didn't mean peace on the dirt of this earth. He meant peace on the dirt of this life, this jar of clay that he can cause peace for you and I, that we can live in the place of peace. He came that we might have peace. Christmas is a rescue mission. That rescue mission was that we might be in a place with him. He created a place so that where he is, we might be also. Jesus did everything he did so that you and I in our eternal, as eternal beings could be with him forever. What I want to remind us today is that heaven is real. Therefore, Angels are real. The scripture is real. This is not imagery. This is reality. Here's the danger. The danger is when we just get good at worshiping in imagery and forget reality. When we worship in imagery, it allows us to control and to create our own image. 
But when we worship in reality, it causes us. And I realize, you know, let me just say right now what all of us are thinking. There are living creatures with six wings and eyes on their wings, even under their wings, all around them. This looks weird. This is nothing I've ever seen before. I guess so. Because no eye has seen, no ear has heard. That there's more that God, there's stuff in the natural that if we're being in all reality, we don't understand everything in the spirit, but God gives us glimpse and gives us understanding. But we won't know everything here until we get to the place that we see Jesus face to face. The Bible says, then what we see in, in it dimly, we will see completely in that moment, in that time. But for now, there's certain things I get. It does, it's not an angel in my book. That's a weird creature. But I don't see everything the way. And, and here's why it's important that we live not by what we see, but by what we hear. Notice how, notice how John enters the presence of God. He is in the spirit. And the Bible says this, that he heard the voice of God. Here's the difference. You will know you're living in the image. Um, if your worship is, is more imagery than reality, by how often you hear the voice of God. Now, I realize some people like hearing voices, that's like not good. Um, and when I say hearing the voice of God, sometimes it's an impression. Sometimes it's the recognition that God will prompt and speak something, that we, that we acknowledge and are aware of the presence of God in our life. Are you aware of the presence of God in your everyday life? Because if not, you might be worshiping more the imagery than in reality. You might be worshiping more the idea of God than the reality of his presence because his presence is every day. God didn't just show up because we all came to this building. He dwells on the inside of us. He is with us. He's speaking to us. He's in our every day and acknowledging him. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I lost my keys. Fortunately, I have two sets of keys to the vehicle. I lost one set of keys. I thought they're gone. It's been over a month. I haven't found the keys, and so they're gone. And I don't know to get the fob thing redone. I think it's like a couple hundred dollars from what I hear, but I still have one more key. Uh, Jody was in the closet just this weekend, and uh, as she was in her closet, she looked, and she had a thought. She said, oh, that's the jacket I wore when we went. And she thought maybe, and she opened up the pocket in the jacket, and there it was, my key. She comes walking out while I'm sitting uh, out in the uh, living room. She says, hey, look what I found. She drops the key in my hand. I said, where did you find that? And first she said, close your eyes and hold your hand up. I'm like, no. Because <laughs> we are in a family of pranksters, and, <laughs> and they know I've got a weak stomach. And so even if it feels like, and it, so no, I'm not. I'm not going to close my eyes. And so I hold out my hand. She puts the keys in my hand. She says, look what I found. And uh, Jalen, who's home for Thanksgiving, she says, oh, that's Holy Spirit. And for a moment I thought, I'm like, is that Holy Spirit? Or is that just, and I thought, you know, absolutely. I wonder if we don't give credit to the thoughts and the ideas that God is constantly giving. And you say, well, no, Jody just happened to go into the closet and thought, hey, that, where do you think our thoughts come from? What if we're not giving enough credit and recognition to God ordering our steps? Now, that doesn't mean I will not leave here until I, Lord, which way? And now we close our eyes and walk blindfolded throughout the streets, you know, just trying to, no, there's this awareness, but I wonder if God is more at work than we even realize. That he's, he's, he's ordering our thoughts. He's, and do we give room? Have you heard the voice of God lately? 
I don't mean like the voice of God that maybe woke you up in the middle of the night. I mean the voice of God that prompted your spirit, said, hey, you ought to look at that. Hey, you ought to call them. Hey, you ought to think of this. There's a prompting. And when we honor the prompting, when we live in a way of we are spiritual beings, if God is commissioning his angels, he's commissioning you and I. He's giving you and I the ability to, to honor and to serve. And instead of living life more in the natural, and I've heard this said that sometimes we can be so, uh, so heavenly minded that we're no earthly good. Have you heard that? But sometimes we're so earthly good that we're, we've lost our heavenly mind. Sometimes we're so earthly good. And here's what I mean. Because we don't need to hear the voice of God anymore because we've been there, done that, and we know how to walk on assumption. That's one of the reasons why for us, one of the things we said early on is, God, we want to be benevolent. But there was a moment we said, God, help us because there's a danger if we're more benevolent than we are obedient. Benevolence is good deeds. That's great. You can be as benevolent as you want, but let me just make a statement. Benevolence will not break the stronghold of poverty in Fayette County. Giving more won't break it. Giving more won't break it, producing and allowing the spirit of God to produce in us. And so when we walk in obedience, benevolence is good. But how many know we can become so benevolent that now it's in not following the word? Danger when you get so good at doing things that you, because you just, well, I just know how to get up and go to work. I just know how to go about the day. I just know how to do it. I just know how to live life. Do you? Have you stopped and paused and said, Holy Spirit, I want to be aware? What, what are you saying? What prompting? What is it you're leading? What caution? What, what, what warning are you stirring? Have you ever had that moment in your conscience? It's like, hmm, I ought to get control of that. Uh, probably Holy Spirit wanting to get a hold of our thoughts and put us in, an, in, a, in a mindset that would honor him. We are created. He gives us this opportunity. He says, enter he heard the voice. So he's standing at the door, and he hears a voice. Uh, as he's standing at the door, he hears a voice. The door is Jesus. The voice is Jesus. It all centers around Jesus. John 10, 27, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I know them, and they follow me. Will it be said on that day, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. You did good deeds, but you didn't know me, or I didn't know you. Because we can be so caught up in just doing good deeds. Well, this is just our good deeds. It's what we do. No, Holy Spirit, what is it that you're leading me and wanting me to do? Does that make sense? And so I ask Holy Spirit, what is it that you want Jody and I? As Jody and I asking, what, what do you want us to give? As we're challenging, we're, we're saying, God, we're going to surrender. We're going to trust you. What do you want us to do? We, we've already been given 10% and, and above that since, you know, uh, early on in our marriage. Not right away. We had to work up to that and had to trust God. We say, God, what is, Holy Spirit, what do you want us to do? Holy Spirit, what is it? That, I, I don't want just a good idea. I want a God idea. I don't want just a good deed. I want God's work to be accomplished in my life. I, I want to hear the voice of God and God nudging and stirring. Uh, imagery allows us to act according to our own imagination, but reality requires us to hear the voice of God. Worship requires to hear the voice of God. Here, here's the uh, throne room. I, I want to talk about the throne room. In uh, verse 2 and 3, here's what it says. And instantly I was in the spirit and I saw a throne in heaven and someone sitting on it. The one sitting on the throne was as brilliant as gemstones like jasper and carnelian. And the glow of the emerald circled his throne like a rainbow. So before we talk about angels, I want to establish where angels come from. Angels come 
from the throne room of God. They are, they are spiritual beings that worship in the presence of God. They are sent by God's word, and it's the throne room. So let me give you a picture of the throne room, the place of God's presence, the, 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 the place that he dwells. It says here that John was taken in the spirit. There is a value that when we learn to see things in the spirit rather than just in the flesh. John is on the island of Patmos, a place of death, and the Lord... In worship, on the, day, on the Lord's day, the Lord gives him a vision, gives him a revelation. God shows up in that dark place, in that difficult place, and gives him a vision, and now he sees in the spirit. How many know it's a lot better to not look at your problems in the natural, but to learn how to look in the spirit? To not look just in the natural, not to ignore the problems, but to recognize what is the, the spirit, it, what, what is going on in the spirit. I, this was Jesus. How, what's a, an example of this? Jesus was on the boat in a natural storm. But what did Jesus do while on the boat in a natural storm? He was sleeping in the bottom of the boat. Was he ignoring the storm? No, he wasn't ignoring the storm. He just knew that the natural had nothing over the spirit. And when he saw in the spirit, he knew his ability to, to rest. Let, let me just look at these verses here. It, it says the one who is sitting on the throne. Now you, you have the throne room. There's someone on the throne. There's, there's uh, something around the throne. There's something from the throne and something before the throne. Let me just give us a picture of the throne room. Not just what it represents, but what it is. So the one who sits on the throne was someone. And the one sitting on the throne was as brilliant as gemstones like Jasper and Carnelian. This Jasper and Carnelian, this represents. The, the, the gemstones that were identified by the high priest in Exodus 28 that they put on the, the breastplate of the high priest and they put on order the gemstones. The first one they put on would have been Jasper and the last one would have been Carnelian. This represents Reuben and Benjamin who was the first son in the tri in the, the the in the first son to Israel and the last son was Benjamin he's giving a picture here the one sitting on the throne is the one who is the first and the last the alpha and the omega who is that that is Jesus Christ who sits on the throne he is before time and he's when time is gone he is the the, the first and the last the end and the the beginning he is the alpha and the omega and then notice what circles around that the bible says like an emerald rainbow a rainbow is something uh, of course, the emerald being green, it's life. But the rainbow takes us back to Noah's day when the first rainbow showed up, when God had, had uh, flooded the earth, he brought judgment, and then a rainbow fills the sky. And what does God say? I make a promise that I'll never, there's a covenant and a promise that I'll never flood the earth again. So here is the one who sits on the throne, the one who is the beginning, the one who is the end, and the one who is surrounded by a promise. Do you know your life is in the hands of the one who knew from the beginning, knew from the end, and holds you in a promise? Do you know he knows your every moment? This is the one who sits on the throne. This is the one to whom we honor and worship. When your life hits moments of disappointment, guess what? God already knew it would be. He knew your moments. He knew the places that your life would get to. And here's what he said. I knew the start and I knew the end. I knew where to begin. I knew where, where, where it come to an end. And I make a promise in all this that my covenant with you, that if you live in this place of honor and worship before God, he will honor and uphold his promise. It says that, a, that, that also around the throne, notice what's around the throne. Around the throne are 24 other thrones. These 24 other thrones are not the thrones. They center around the throne, who is Jesus on the throne. The 24 elders are sitting on thrones. This represents the 12 tribes of Israel and the 12 apostles, which is the church. 
This is us as the church. Why, what, why, what is that? Because the Bible says that we will rule and reign with Christ. We will have a throne in heaven with him. We will rule and reign with him according to the scripture. And as they're seated in this place on the throne, that around the throne, the 24 elders, Jesus at the center, they have, they're clothed in white robes and they've got crowns of glory. The Bible says in 1 Peter 5, 4, it says, and when the good shepherd or the great shepherd appears, you will receive a clown, of, a crown, a clown. And when the great shepherd appears, you will receive a crown of never-ending glory and honor. When the great shepherd appears, how many know he's coming again? And in that we will receive a crown, the, the robe is white because we are washed by the blood of Jesus Christ. That's the church. And he's given us a crown of glory. And later we read here that they, these 24 elders then place their crowns at the feet of Jesus. Why? Because down here, a crown might mean something, but up there, only he means everything. Even the stuff you might work for here gets laid at his feet up there. The stuff you might build your house with, your future, and everything you might try to build and get here gets laid at his feet in heaven because he is worthy of it all. From the throne comes flashes of lightning and the sound of thunder, and this represents, not just represents, it's literal. And I want to be careful that this is not imagery. This is literal. How do we know it's literal? Because Moses, in, in the, the book of Exodus, as Moses was on the mountain, and Moses was meeting with the Lord, there were those that did not want to come near the, the, the mountain uh, or the presence of God because there was rumbling and lightning and fire. Why? Because it is the presence of God that shakes things and transforms things. There is the, the, the work, but here's what it not just is, but what it identifies is power and authority because how many know the only person who can shake the ground and cause lightning and thunder to happen is the one who's over the winds and the waves and the seas? So it speaks of his authority. So the one who sits on the throne is the beginning and the end, circled by promise. And around him are 24 elders. That's us, the church, those who belong to Christ. And then in the, in the, the, uh, the, the place coming from, what's coming from the throne of God, uh, from Christ, is the power and authority. And then it says before the throne are seven torches of the Spirit of God that represent the Holy Spirit and the sea and uh, this has picture that the only way we can come before God is by the Spirit. How many know you didn't save yourself? Only the Spirit of God saved you. No one can come to the Father unless the Spirit draws them. And the sea representing cleansing. But what that sea also represents is a cleansing that allows there to be peace. How many know that the moment you receive Jesus to be the Lord and Savior and you surrender your life to him, there is a peace that overtakes you because now you know you're not living your life, but he is living in you. And now the life you now live is by the faith of God the faith of the Son of God who lives in it. There's a peace that overtakes. And some of us need to receive that peace that comes from God. That peace from knowing, I, I worship at the throne of the one who is the first and the last and encircled in a promise and he has all power and authority in his hands. And he's made it possible for me to come to him and he's created a place to be at peace Here's the, the presence of the Lord, what's before the throne. It, it says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, 17 to 18. For the Lord is the spirit, and wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So all of us who have had the veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord who is the spirit makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. I want you to catch that. This is where we join in with the angels. 
we join in with the angels because now the spirit of the Lord has caused freedom. And because there's freedom, the veil is removed. Now we can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. What do angels do? The angels see and reflect the glory of the Lord. They see the glory of God around the throne and they reflect his glory in their song and in their worship. They see and reflect his glory. And the Lord who is spirit makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. Oh, that we would reflect the glory of God. How do we join with the angels? We often hear joining with the angels. You know, we sing with the angels. That is true. But I believe it's more than singing with the angels. We join with the angels in reflecting the glory of God on our world. Now, I, I want to, I, I spent some time just talking about the, uh, the throne room. Let me, let me talk about the, the four living creatures who are angels. And uh, um, worship team's going to come and help us uh, to close here in just a moment. But the impact of the throne room is to see and to reflect the glory of God. And this is where we join with the angels. And we're introduced to the four living creatures. And these living creatures, they're created beings who serve as guardians of the throne room. Of the galaxy. Guardians of the throne. We can make a new movie. Guardians of the throne. <laughs> Maybe not. Um, uh, they're spiritual beings. And these spiritual beings we commonly refer to as angels. Um, let it be known we do not worship angels. Because we were seated. We will be seated higher than the angels. Don't worship what's less than. Um, that's like. I, I would say the same thing. Don't worship money. Don't worship things that are around that are meant to support and aid. We worship the one who sits on the throne. We don't worship the things that surround the throne. Angels are uh, created beings, and Scripture refers to these spiritual beings, some of them as seraphim and cherubim. There's a host of angels, the army uh, of uh, uh, an angel army, but here are two types that we see in Scripture, the seraphim and cherubim. Genesis, let me just give you a couple of Scriptures to to give you a reference here. In Genesis 3, when Adam and Eve ate of the fruit that they were not supposed to eat of. You remember that uh, they could eat of any fruit, but they ate of the banished from the remains separated from God. They're eternal from that situation so that they would face death where he could then bring them resurrection life to be brought back to the place he prepared for them. So even when we die, it is the mercy of God. Even in death, it's the mercy of God. It's the mercy of God. Why? Because God said, I could have left you in the garden and you could have remained forever in your fallen state, but I loved you too much that I wanted to create a way for you to come back to me. And the way that I made is through Jesus because he is the way, the truth, and the life. And if anyone believes in him, even though he were dead, yet shall he live. There is this hope. And so Adam and Eve, of course, are taken out of the garden And uh, the scripture says this, after sending them out of the Garden of Eden, the Lord stationed mighty cherubim to the east of the Garden of Eden, and he placed a flaming sword that flashed back and forth to guard the way to the tree of life. So here is a spiritual being who is blocking the way of going back into Eden, into into the Garden of Eden. This is the, the cherubim. That there's one that is there. In Isaiah chapter 6, we see another living creature that is named. Attending him were mighty seraphim, each having six wings. With two wings, they covered their faces. With two, they covered their feet. And with two, they flew. And so here is a seraphim. And they have different, we'll, we'll look in the next couple of weeks of these differences of these, uh, of these living beings um, that are sent to minister on behalf of God. But these four living creatures are angels of type. I believe that they are both the seraphim and the cherubim that are gathered around the throne room of heaven. 
And let me read this. In the center around the throne were four living beings. I want, I want to give you the description of these, of these angels, these living creatures. Four living beings, each covered with eyes front and back. The first of these living beings was like a lion. The second was like an ox. The third had a human face. And the fourth was like an eagle in flight. Each of these living beings had six wings. And their wings were covered all over with eyes inside and out. Kind of freaky. I get it. It's just weird. Like these angels, they have six wings. Read Ezekiel, they're covering their face, they're covering their feet, and then with the other two, they flew. They got eyes even under their wings, they got eyes all around them, and they're moving and they're flowing. Here's where we join with the angels because we're created not just as spiritual beings, but we are created spiritual beings in the image of God. That God has given us the ability to know Him and that we join with the angels here. What are the eyes? The eyes are all about being aware of everything around. You know, like mom having the eyes in the back of her head. She knows what's happening. Your car, heaven help us if our cars are more aware of what's around us than we are. I mean, you, you get close to something, beep, 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 beep. Why? Because there's a sensor in that car. Have we lost our senses? As a culture, we could say, yes, we have. Let's just be honest. Right is called wrong. Wrong is called right. We, we, yeah, we live in a, yeah, absolutely. But in the presence of God, he allows us to have an awareness and that we would have eyes all around us, that we would be aware in every motion what it is that God, that we're aware of the presence of God, that we don't just get up and go to our day like normal and like usual, but we're aware of the presence of God. We hear the voice of God. There's an awareness that's all around us. And then there are wings. There are six wings that they have. The wings give them the ability to move. If you look in Ezekiel chapter one, in Ezekiel chapter one, it says that they're the same living creatures they're very much the same that are in Ezekiel's vision and now they have wheels underneath them and and the wheels would move anywhere the living creatures would move and the Bible says that the spirit was in the wheels I believe this picks this this depicts and what is reality is that these cherubim these seraphim are moving according to the spirit of God here's the question for you and I are we moving according to the spirit of God in our lives are we living life not just in a way that is just common and ordinary but are we sensitive to the things of God and are we maneuvering and moving according to the things of God here's the last thing it says that one had the face like an ox one like an eagle one like a lion and one like a man notice it says here it had the face like it didn't say it was it was like the question I want to ask us is when the world sees us what are we in the likeness of what are we in the likeness of? What are we reflecting? Because what is it that we're, that we're reflecting? And, and here's the, the picture of, of this is that these four creatures represent characteristics of God. Number one, the ox represents a faithful or a humble servant. It's a, it's a humble servant. It's someone who has the heart to serve. The lion is like a, a, a prayer warrior that rises up in protection and prayer. There's a rising up. The eagle represents worship that ascends to the presence and, and rises up in worship. The man who is Christ in, in Christ is grace, that there's grace that's flowing. Are we flowing in the things that represent God? And here's what we have to understand. We need all of them. 
that we maneuver and move and we flow in all of those areas. Now, if you're being honest, some of us already know this, that in our walk with God, we have one that rises to the top. I know some people, they're prayer warriors. Can I just say, everybody ought to pray. Forgive me, for not, uh, everyone ought to pray. I, I don't believe, I believe there are intercessors, but I believe we're all called to be intercessors. And so we elevate in certain areas. And then there are other people who just love to worship. How, how many know what I'm talking about? And then there are other people they just love to serve. And then there's other people that they just love to love on people and just grace. And sometimes we try to find churches that look like us rather than finding the church that looks like Jesus. We try to find, so we want the church that does what we, well, we like to pray all the time. So I got to go find the church that prays. I got to find the church that worships. Got to find the church that serves. I got to find the church that just gives grace. No, I need to find the body of Christ that knows how to flow in the spirit at all times. And there might be moments like, well, the church isn't praying enough. Maybe it's a moment to shift by the spirit and elevate into worship. Maybe it's time to go into serving more. We need all of it. Don't find the church that looks like you. Find the church that looks like Jesus that we become all of it. It's all encompassing. And so it doesn't become about us and what we are looking for because here's the, the problem is that the moment we look for what represents us, that's imagery and we're no longer worshiping God or walking with God in reality. I need to hear the voice of God. I need to hear the voice of God. Are you following me? And when we operate here, here's what it enables us to do, that we can join the angels and here's how we join the angels, being aware of his glory being moved by his spirit and reflecting his holiness. Oh, that we would reflect the holiness of God. That when people come around us like, I, man, you are, there's something different about you. I can't even put into words. You, you have a face like an ox. Now, if anybody tells you that, that's probably not a good thing. But I mean, if there's something about you and they're like, I don't know how to even put into words. You have something different. Oh, that there'd be something different about the church. That there be some, why? Because we have been in the presence of the one who the angels sing holy, holy, and we sing worthy, worthy, worthy. The angels sing he is holy, and we say you're worthy of it all because we sing a song the angels cannot sing. And in the presence of God, we reflect the holiness and the righteousness of God. There's something different. You handle pain differently than other people. You handle heartache differently than other people. You handle abandonment. You handle brokenness. You handle strife. You handle decision. You, you're different than other. Why? There's something different. Oh, that we would reflect the glory. And Father, we want to reflect, if we can, in these, these sin and allow God to speak to you. Great in familiarity. God, give us ears to hear. Let us hear your voice. Let us be aware of your presence.